The belief in some corners is that the worst COVID-19 outcomes only happen to the elderly. But doctors would tell you that isn't the case, and so would the personal experience of a chicken farmer from Norfolk County. Today on the 519 Podcast, you'll hear from a COVID survivor about the impact the disease has on people who survive it and the importance of getting your vaccination. Here's your host, Craig Needles. Welcome to the newly minted 519 Podcast. And I wanted to welcome Mike and Sarah Van Netten to the show. Mike spent more than 80 days in the hospital battling COVID-19. And of course, people think, well, COVID-19, it's just a flu. You hear that on the internet all the time. It's not real, it's fake. Well, for Mike and Sarah, it was very much real. It was very much scary. So what was it like to be in the hospital for that long? Why was his case so much worse than some other people's? Let's ask Mike and Sarah Van Netten about that right now. They join us here on the 519 podcast today. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. No problem. Yeah, no problem. So tell me about where this all started. So it's an early April, Mike. You're not feeling particularly well. Where did it go from there? How did it wind up with you spending 80 days in the hospital? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, like, uh, just honestly, I for a couple of days, didn't feel that good. And, you know, don't think much of it. You don't think. You know, I don't think you're going to get COVID. And, uh, you know, and then I just said to my wife, I said, I think it's, I think I just got to go to the hospital, just get checked out. So I went to my uh, local hospital here in uh, Simcoe, Norfolk uh, General Hospital. And uh, uh, it's one of the nurses uh, actually that, uh, that I knew. And uh, they took me in right away and uh, uh, did x-rays right away. And uh, within, uh, uh, I'm going to say within an hour, hour and a half, I was in the ambulance heading off to Burlington. So, uh, you know, I got to commend uh, my local hospital for, first of all, knowing that, you know what, this is, we can't handle this. We got to go to, you got to go somewhere bigger, bigger and better qualified for this. So uh, they sent me off to Burlington and, and then honestly, uh, I only remember the first day in Burlington and that's, uh, you know, and then the next, you know, 40 some odd days were a blur. So, and then, uh, which was, uh, that's when, uh, you know, Sarah, Sarah had it a lot worse off than, than I did. Like, uh, you know, you don't, uh, I was in a coma, so I didn't know what was going on, but it was way harder on Sarah and the, my family and yeah. uh, myself at that time. Yeah. Sarah, tell me about your story from that perspective. So you, you, you Mike goes to the hospital and all of a sudden they're yeah. saying, Hey, we can't handle this. You've got to get going to another hospital here. What must be going through your mind when that's going on? Well, I mean, first off, like, you know, I, I'm, we all are people that don't use the hospital unless, you know, you really are life, like you have a real injury. So, you know, at first I'm like, yeah, yes, you need to go. But at the same time, like, do you really need to go? But, you know, so I, I wish that I would have taken him a day before, two days before, but I mean, you can't, you can't change that now. But, and then at first he said he thought he was going to be gone for about three days and at that point you're like oh no three days that's that's a that's a long time like you you are you are sicker than what we thought you were at home and but then when you get the when he said that he's going on to Burlington then your heart falls a little bit and then to get the call from the doctor uh on the 10th that they wanted to ventilate him and then it's like your worst nightmare coming true right I mean we all know what you think when somebody goes on a vent and uh 
you know, to have to, I, even though he doesn't remember, we did talk on the phone before that happened for about five minutes. And I don't, it's like, what, how do you sum up your life in five minutes time or, you know, try to, and I remember um, texting as many people as I could to just send Mike messages right then and there, just the most, you know, um, uplifting thing that you can think to say right now before, before this happens. And uh, yeah, so that was my last communication with, with Mike. And then it became just through doctors and nurses. And on the 13th, um, the doctor uh, from Burlington, um, I believe his name was Dr. Schkitt, uh, he called just to say that, um, you know, this opportunity to come up for Mike to be moved to the general and to be put on the ECMO machine. And I didn't, I didn't know what an ECMO machine was. And to be honest, while he was on it, I never really researched it too closely because I, I only wanted to know what they, they were telling me at that point. Um, I didn't want to know the stats on it. So yeah, they, and they, everything that they did, they always made it out to sound like this is for his best interest. Nobody told me this is his last chance interest, right? Like it was, this is his best chance at, at beating this. And I said, yes. And, and then he flew by helicopter that afternoon to the general where he, where he stayed from the 13th until the 30th, the 13th of April to the 30th of June. That's that's a long time. And I just can't yeah. imagine what that's like, because I've had a couple of friends who had COVID, but yeah. their experience was, I don't feel great for a couple of days. And right. ever since I felt fine, or their, their kids may yeah. have had it and their kids show no symptoms at all. So right. you, Mike, you're 45. So you must be thinking to yourself, even if I get this thing, it's probably not going to be so bad. Then all of a sudden it was right. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, like, uh, let's be honest. I'm, you know, I was naive. Like, uh, you, you, you think, God, oh, it's not going to happen to you. And, you know what, uh, it, it just proves that it can happen to anybody. Uh, you know, like I'm hearing stories now that, you know, Sarah's, you know, Sarah's uh, done so well with the media type thing that uh, she tells me stories that she's getting people that, you know, are younger than me that are getting this. So, you know what, like, I, I can't say it enough. Just, you know, get vaccinated, man. It's not worth the, it's not worth 90 days in your hospital. I'll tell you that. Or it's not worth the. It's not a good way to lose weight. I lost fifty some odd pounds too, and uh, I don't recommend uh, the way. Yeah. Uh, that it's way it's, it's not the diet and weight loss plan that perhaps <laughs> no. uh, health yeah. officials would suggest is a good one. Don't yeah, sign up for that. Yeah, don't one. sign up for that one. But <laughs> but uh, you know, we can uh, I just uh, as I said, I can't uh, thank my wife, my family, and that uh, Hamilton General and all all three hospitals really, and uh, like the, the community support around here has been like. I, I can't explain it. It's been unbelievable. Like everybody drives by, they're honking and carrying on and the, the fundraising that they've done. Uh, now I, you know what, I, I can't say enough for, for everybody uh, around, especially my community. So, I know we sort of got into it just now, but there are still people and I work in the media. So they're in my Twitter mentions and they're sending me emails saying, well, you guys are making too big a deal over COVID. We're, we're, we're being too afraid of the virus here. It's not that bad. And uh, anyone who's younger than 80 doesn't have to worry about it. What would, what would you say to people who are telling us that? I would say that they're naive and they're living in a bubble. And, um, you know, I, I said from the beginning, like, did I, uh, yeah, you're, the, you're right. The first wave was only 80 year olds, right. And, and whatnot. And, 
and sure that's that's sad too but i mean oh it's just it's it's not worth thinking that you're above covid and and that's what is you know the doctors aren't i don't mean to use the word frightened they're not they're the smartest people i've ever met but that's the bafflement for them is they they can't pinpoint why it strikes certain people and why it will just give somebody a headache for a couple weeks or you know what what the rhyme or reason is um yeah it's and to see that there are now like 19 year olds 20 year olds on ECMO machines and and ventilated because they have COVID like yeah is a big deal being made of it yeah are we all sick to death of hearing about it a hundred percent even Mike is like I am so tired of hearing the word COVID and it is but you know I don't think we have to hear the word forever I but I think that we have to be smart and get vaccinated against it so that lives can go back to normal and and I mean so we can have some normalcy so kids can go to school and and all that kind of stuff but I would say though those people that if if they spent five minutes and it might it probably wouldn't even take five minutes to stand in the ICU hallway of the COVID wing uh their their tunes would be changed right I and I think we owe it to these doctors and nurses who have been working for 15 months to to give them some credit that what they're doing hasn't been a vein and, and that people believe that what they're doing is important and, and life-saving. Yeah. That's kind of a long answer, but yeah, no, it's a good answer though. And uh, yeah. I'll, I will tell you, as I talk to you, I've, uh, I got my, uh, my second vaccination last week. So I'm, uh, okay. I, I'm pretty much close to being good yeah. to go. Uh, Mike, anything you'd add to that as far as the, the, the non-believers go? Uh, like, well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I work at a plant here in Simcoe as well. And, you know, we have some old school guys that, uh, you know, we talked about this before. I even had COVID, and one one good friend of mine says, "Ah, you know, I, you know, it's a hoax and all this stuff, and and uh, I'll never, you know, I won't get vaccinated and stuff like that." And then uh, when I uh, when I woke up, uh, thank goodness I did. I did have my mind. Like I sure I had no strength, couldn't walk, couldn't do anything, but I always knew what was going on. And I just said to my wife, "I said I gotta text my buddy and uh, tell him this isn't worth it." And so I I sent him a quick text and. Uh, his reply was, don't worry, already got, already got my first shot. Good. So, you know, stuff like that, you know, I've, uh, I went through a lot, but it, I think the story that brought out that I think a lot more people got their shot. So, uh, like, you know, 15, 15 months ago, a year ago, yeah, you didn't know, you didn't know somebody that had COVID or if they did have COVID, it was just, you know, you know, it was through somebody or through somebody else. Right. But I think more and more people, are being affected by someone that they know and uh which i think is probably a reason why the the vaccine numbers are better now than uh and was originally uh, anticipated which is a good thing yeah uh it's a a very good thing and we're seeing those numbers continue to climb which i'm uh i'm very pleased about uh sarah i want to ask you about the facebook updates and that was sort of how you kept uh friends and family in the know and it wound up being something that yeah. drew a lot of attention online because yeah, people are saying, okay, look at this, what this family is going through. Tell me about the idea of, of putting together those updates and how you put them together. Oh, I mean, it just, honestly, it started on April the 8th and I, I was here at home scared, um, thinking like I, you know, mad, mad that it had happened to Mike. And I just, uh, 
I thought, well, I am I have a brother that lives in BC and, you know, we have friends, but truly my Facebook friends were my friends, like my, and I just thought I'm, I'm going to let them know what's happening. Right. That way I don't have to do a phone chain. And then from there, I just, I just did it every night because I, to update our friends. And then I kept, you know, getting friend requests or I could see that it was being shared or I just, and people are like, well, you don't need to do it every night. But I, I did need to do it every night because I did it for Mike. I did it so that people, I, we're a faithful family. And, and so in my mind's eye, the more people that I could have thinking about Mike and praying for Mike, I, I mean, we believe in the power of prayer. And so that was my intention. And so I kept taking on these friends because, you know, they they believed in Mike and and then I just think people, like, I honestly don't, and I read every single comment, and I didn't didn't have any negative people, so that was good, but, you know, and, and then my, my, I was after four things, I was after prayer, I was after uh, increased vaccinations, and awareness of, of these doctors and nurses, not only them, but everybody that makes these buildings run. And then finally, uh, for for Mike to be well, those are my four intentions. And then it just kind of, I don't know, spun off where the one night I put a quote, and then and then everybody loved the quote and comments were, oh, your the quote is so good. So then I would put three or four quotes a night. It was just kind of a story. I, I like I just kind of wrote from my head, and uh, it just people say it was like you were in the room too, which was my intention just to be mm -hmm. real. And, and I, and I thought if I want people to pray and think about him, then I have to be bluntly honest. What I, I, I never sugarcoated anything too much really. Right. I, I never let people know extremely how afraid I was, but you know, if he, if he had a, an ear infection or whatever infection it was that day, then, then pray for that kind of stuff. And it just, it just shook off from there. I mean, yeah. And the pictures, people like to see what's happening in there. Um, I think it just brought it, it real to everybody. Yeah, I, uh, I understand that entirely. Uh, yeah. I, I want to ask you, uh, both of you, about when Mike gets out of the hospital. So uh, he's been in there for, for 80 days. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's out. What was that reunion like uh, to be able to come home? You have four kids. We were talking about that yeah. before we started yeah. recording. So you hadn't, you hadn't seen much of them during that time. So what was that all like? You go ahead. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, honestly, it was, uh, it, it was great. Like, uh, the whole, like everybody that worked on me in, uh, in Hamilton was out there to, to, uh, celebrate me being able to walk out of that hospital. And I can't say enough for them people like, like, honestly, I don't know how many people were there, but like just all the doctors and the physio and RTs, like it was, it was unbelievable. Like, uh, them just to come out and then, uh, you know, just, uh, to be able to walk out and then, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, it's an hour drive from Hamilton to Simcoe here and, you know, and I'm not used to being a passenger. It was just nice, you know, sitting in the passenger side and looking out, uh, looking out the window and saying wow you know i've seen the crops going up again and and uh just actually and going by a few golf courses and seeing people back on the golf course it was you know awesome to see and then to come home and finally see my kids and 
you know, be able to give them a hug and kiss and thank them for, you know, keeping the farm going. Well, you know, while I was, uh, while I was in the hospital and like, you just, you know, being gone for three months, those, uh, those kids grew up in a hurry and, uh, you know, they're, uh, I'm pretty lucky to have four great kids and a, a great wife. I'll tell you that. That's, uh, that's absolutely wonderful, Mike. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad you're home. Uh, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to say to folks? Cause I know a lot of people are, are, are really sort of grasping onto your story and saying, okay, well, I'm glad, I'm glad he's okay, but this is sort of why we've got to be wary of this virus, why we've got to be concerned about it. Uh, anything else that you think people should know about, about uh, your time in the hospital or Sarah, anything else that you want to add about when Mike was in the hospital before we wrap up here? Um, yeah, I just, I, I wouldn't honestly, like, I wouldn't want my worst enemy to ever go through that experience. And the, and the thing is though, I mean, I just chose to do it different. I chose to make it public, but you know, I looked at every day when he was in a coma, I, I could see three other people in the exact same situation as what Mike was. I just chose to make it known, right? Like Mike is not the only person as we all know, that, that has suffered this. And, and he truly is a miracle that he is here with us. Cause let's face it, the odds were not ever in his favor really, but um, yeah. And now that he's, he's home, it's, it's wonderful, but I, it is still, we, it's a road ahead, right? Like he has to, as he said, he's far lighter than what he was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, he has to monitor his oxygen, his heart rate daily. And, uh, we, a physio outpatient physio has started, but it's, it's going to be a, a road. It's not like he jumped home and is jumped back into normal life. It's, it's going to be a building bridge. But I mean, from the time that he went on ECMO and came off everyone, all the doctors and nurses are like, you're taking, this is the long. you're in for the long haul now. And I said, from the get go, I'm, prepared for the long haul like it's it's not it's a great life it's a new normal life but it's not back to normal life but that's his goal as well as his new his new outpatient physio uh man is to that's his goal is to get back to what he was before um and he will but it's just it's gonna it's gonna take time and it's new it's yeah. new to them right like yeah uh, mike is the research yeah they don't know how how long it is going to take to recover right mm -hmm. but uh, just for example, like the, the x-ray from my lung from day one to, to when I left, it's night and day and they call it a miracle. Like they, wow. they can't believe how clear everything is turning out. So uh, count my lucky stars every day. And uh, I tell you, those doctors uh, at Hamilton, I, I can't say enough for them. Like right before I left, one doctor comes in and, you know, it's like he's thanking me and I'm saying, whoa, 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 no, what are you doing? Like I, You saved my life. I'm. I can't say enough for you. And he goes, uh, he goes, no, you don't, you don't understand. We needed, we needed this. We needed this just as much as you needed us. So they needed and, a success story. And right? uh, like, you know, and that's what I mean. You can't say, you know, these guys, they love their job and they, they, they love saving lives. And uh, you know what? I, you know, I, a new appreciation to everybody in that, in that hospital. I'll tell you that that's a tough job. And you know what? You never, you know, three months ago, I would have, you know, never, you know, you don't appreciate what those guys do in the hospital. And I'll tell you right now, I would never be able to do what those guys do and uh, to see what they have to see every day and then come back the next day and try it all over again. It's, uh, 
you know what? They're great people, and thank goodness we have people like that. Yeah. That's uh, a fantastic spot to leave it. Thank you both of you for telling your story. I think it's important that you do. I think it's important that people hear it. So I, I really appreciate both of you doing this, okay? Well, thank you. And yeah, as we said, hopefully this word will be gone from our vocabulary. But, you know, um, it is great to see things opening up again. But yeah, we just have to be still be a little cautious mm -hmm. and and please get get vaccinated and let's Let's hug again, even though I don't even like hugging. I don't even know why I say that. But, you know, get get back to where you're not afraid to give a handshake or a, or a hug. And you're not going to be afraid of the repercussions. You can just do it openly and freely and gladly. Yeah, I uh, I very much hope so, too. Thank you so yeah. much, both of you, for doing this, Thank okay? You. Thank nice you. Nice to Thank talk you to you. That's Mike and Sarah Van Netten here on the 519 Podcast. And if you take anything from their story, listen to what they said. Go get your vaccine if you haven't already. My name is Craig Needles. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 519 Podcast. It was written and produced by Craig Needles. Subscribe to the 519 Podcast for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen at blackburnnews.com. The 519 Podcast is a presentation of Blackburn Media.